0: I heard a story once about uh, a mom, because <clears throat> we're on the story of kids. About a mom, she gives uh, she gives a, a, a task for a, a chore, I guess, if you will. She's she's about ready to to head on out, go pick up some groceries, and she sits down with uh, her son, and uh, she tells her son, "Listen, you know, the trash is kind of starting to overflow, it's starting to get a little stinky, and it's a little, you know, it's just kind of an eyesore," and and. Son just kind of looks at her and says, "Okay, you know," and and mom says, "You know, it's just, would you would you mind taking out the trash for me?" And the son just looks at mom and says, "It's, it's no problem at all, you know. You just gotta ask, and you know, I'll just say the word and I'll do it, you know." And um and she says, "Okay, I just really need it taken out before dad gets home," and um and so she goes to the store and 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 the. The the son is at home and he's kind of sitting there and he he starts thinking about you know what maybe maybe you know what instead of taking out the trash right now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna write a ten page theological paper on the difference between Calvinism and Arminianism just just so I can kind of develop what I really believe kind of you know what you know it's gonna help me mature spiritually and uh, and he gets it done I mean it is perfect he he actually nails it exactly what he wants to say exactly what he wants to. Um, you know, present uh, even to his friends, to his mom, and he's just so excited. Well, his mom, he hears his mom's van pull up, and she gets out, and she goes inside, and she asks her son, you know, hey, did you take out the trash? And he says, well, okay, I know you asked me to do that, but hear me out. I, I, uh, I got this paper done, and I want you to read it. It's pretty impressive. And his mom said, I just really wanted the trash out. Like, why didn't, you, why didn't you take the trash out? See, the thing is, um, God asks us to do so many little things. So many, some, some great things, but he asks us to do simple things, little things, practical things. And we want, and sometimes we do the same thing. We, we instead of loving one another, we want to develop correct theology. You know, we, we want to take more time and, and develop, you know, what we actually believe rather than just doing the practical things of Christian living. So today, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about um, uh, just, uh, I guess I'll just take you through my points. I don't know if you have that slide up. Uh, the first point is we need to practice the basics of Christian living. My second point, uh, we need to uh, stay in the trenches of life, of this Christian walk. Stay, stay working hard after God. And the final point we're going to be talking about is we need to stay committed to Christ. Um, and so... Would you open up your Bibles with me uh, to Second Chronicles fourteen two? I want to I want to say thank you uh, just so that I can I can preach. I love I love preaching the Word. I'm not a good preacher. I, I have t- I, it takes me hours and days. Ask my wife; she can attest to it to even like construct my thoughts. And so I, 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 uh, I. Uh, credit a lot of the structure and outline to my wife I credit it obviously to the Lord he's the one who I believe He has a word and as Allison was even praying today I just knew that relying on Christ that's what we're talking about I've, I've named this sermon rely on Christ so my first point is we got to practice the basics and the basics we're talking about here specifically there's many basics many simple rules um, but the basics we're talking about is the pursuit of holiness and seeking God's will, seeking his will for the world, seeking his will for our own lives, just seeking his will, knowing him more. So those are the two things we're talking about, pursuit of holiness and seeking God's will. So let me give you just a quick short background um, to 2 Chronicles 14.2. It's kind of in the middle of the Old Testament. Um, it's, it's, uh, Judah is a southern kingdom. This is the one we're gonna be talking about, and it's in spiritual decline, okay? They've been, uh, their, their king is King Abijah, and his son, uh, his son, King Asa, is now throne. King Abijah dies, and he's been leading the, the country in ruin and just worshiping false idols. They're allowing um, secular people to come in and marry the Israelites, and those secular people are coming in and bringing idols with them. And so they're getting married, and, and this is what... God said back in, all the way back in the Torah, the first five books of the law, uh, He said, don't, don't allow that into your lives because they will. They'll, they will pull your heart away from me, the one true God. And so that's where the kingdom is at right now. Um, their, their hearts are in decline. They, they haven't heard from God in a while. And King Asa is just now becoming king, okay? Um, and he's a new king, and he has tons of plans Uh, to make change in the land. So let's read in verses 2 through 7. There's a lot of passage here today, so that's good for less talking for me. All right, Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. He removed the foreign altars and the high places. He smashed the sacred stones and cut down their shrines. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and to obey His laws and commands. He removed the high places and incense altars in every town in Judah, and the kingdom was at p- peace under him. He built up fortified cities of Judah. Since he, uh, since the land was at peace, no one was at war with him during those years. For the Lord gave him rest. Let's build up these towns, he said to Judah, and put walls around them with towers gates and bars. The land is still ours because we have sought the Lord our God. We have sought him and he has given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. Lord, I I thank you so much for your word and that it is complete, Father. And I thank you, God, that we can get direction, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that as we read this, as we understand this, Lord, I pray, God, that we don't just hear it and say it was a great sermon or a great message and then forget it, Lord. I pray Lord, that you just help us, God. Give us grace. Give me grace to practice what this message is all about, God. I thank you for these people, your friends, your sons and daughters, Lord. Just pray, God, that you help us understand this. In Jesus' name, amen. As the third king of Judah, the very first thing that we see what King Asa did was uh, he got serious about removing sin from from the land. You know, he knew that sin separated his father, the king before him, uh, from encountering God as well as the entire nation. So let's read in Hebrews 10.26. It says, If we deliberately keep on sinning after we, we have received the knowledge of truth, and no sacrifice for sins is left. This is, very, very, this is a very uh, dangerous place to be in life, when we deliberately keep on sinning after we've come to know Christ. Okay? The Israelites justified idols in their life Every day, you just, it's the pattern of their life. They justified idols. They let it back into their life. They, they had an encounter with God, and they said, Lord, I'm, you know, they, they, they followed God, and then turmoil would come, and then they went back to it, and it just repeated in their life. The Israelites justified all these idols in their, in, in their own lives. Idols, okay? So what are the things in our lives that we justify? What are, what are the sin, what's sin in our life? Because we think, you know, I mean, it's easy to highlight From from an outside perspective, the Old Testament faults and failures of you know the Israelites. But what about ourselves? What are the things that we justify? Uh, I can tell you all the things that I think are sin, but chances are I'm going to be wrong on half of them because sometimes they're just preference and not really what the word says. So we have to turn to the word to know because the word is like a mirror; it shows us who we really are in God's standards, not in John's standards. So in Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty nine, it says. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building up, according, building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Okay. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Okay. That is very. Um, that's pretty direct. Okay. You know, are there things in our life? Is there slang even in our life that you know we can't control that slang? And we say, well, it's just, you know, I mean, you know, can't you say, oh, rats? Can't you say, you know, different things like that? You know, I mean, I suppose you can say whatever you'd like, but the question is, is do we want to please God or do we want to see how close we can come to the fence and still have a relationship with God? I want to be sold out for Christ, and I know you do too. So, so don't, don't uh, tr- try to not let specifically with our mouth, try to always encourage, always build someone else up. You know, the hardest people to be around are people that aren't encouraging you, people that don't build you up, people, you know, people that do build you up, you can hang out with them all day. It's fun because they're just so nice. They're kind. They build you up. Um, And eventually, just one compromise with our speech, it it turns worse and worse and worse. Slang turns into cursing and gossip turns into hate and it just, it progresses slowly and slowly, slow compromise, that's what it does. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10, let's read what the Bible says on this. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor the idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Let me just say that this passage is, not, is, is it's a guideline for holy living. This isn't a death sentence. This, is, this passage is not saying that if you've dealt with sexual morality, if you look at pornography on the computer, if you've, if you've been greedy before in your life or if you've cheated someone, doesn't mean that you're not gonna be in heaven. It's not what this passage is trying to say. What this passage is saying is that if we continue to justify these sins in our lives after accepting the gospel message, there's no sacrifice uh, for sins there's no more sacrifice, there's no more blood that covers uh, those sins. And which sacrifice are we talking about here? We've got to make, be very clear on this. This isn't Old Testament sacrifice, blood from animals. We're talking about the sacrifice of Christ, okay? So justification of sin, that's what we're talking about here. I'm not talking about if you've messed up, we all mess up. Thank, thank you, Paul, for clarifying that if we do mess up, if we do sin, don't worry, As long as it was unintentional, I mean, you know, you're not going to continue justifying it because he's our advocate. He stands with the Father and he pleads our case. He's our lawyer. And so this passage is saying, you know, if we continue to justify our sins, there's no more sacrifice. And so the cross covers repentance. Remember that. The cross covers repentance. The cross does not cover justification of sin. Okay, so if there's sin in our lives, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouth. And, and that big list of you know, sexual morality, greed, slander, swindlers, those things, if that, that pattern is in our life, there's no sacrifice for sins that's going to cover that. Okay? So, we can cut, see, the thing is, is there's, there's two sides of the spectrum. There's that side of like, man, we're going to get all that cut out of our life. But the, the truth of the matter is, is, you can cut all the sin you want out of your life but if you're not being active in growth, in seeking his plan out for your life, you're only going to last as long as our willpower allows. You know, oh man, I, you know, I used to do drugs or I used to look at pornography, but man, I knew that was a bad, that was a bad uh, idea. And so, you know what, I'm not going to do it anymore. Until you're tempted because you don't know the word of God because we're not studying it. So we have to seek out what he wants for our lives today. All right? <clears throat> So the next next basic that we're talking about, practice the basics, my first point, is we need to seek him. In verse four, let's read what King King Asa did. It says, he commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and to obey his laws and commands. The king told everyone, go and seek the Lord, God of their ancestors, and to obey his laws uh, and commands. King David described the word of God uh, as as a lamp. Your word in Psalms 119 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet. Imagine, this is kind of funny, try to imagine a lamp, you know, that you have at, at your home. I'm doing some work at my house, trying to get lamps out and get lights installed. So I don't really like the lamps. But think about it this way, is, is King David says, the word is like a lamp unto our feet. Tie a lamp to your ankles, okay? When you walk, you can go anywhere you go, you'll be able to see because you got lamps tied to your ankles, okay? But it says, It also says, your word is a light unto my path. I think of a flashlight because, you know, that long walk, uh, dark walk to the garage and you can't see a thing and you don't know if someone's going to throw a tomato at you, you know, in the dark or whatever's going on. And so the word, I want to talk to you about the word, how important it is. You know, have you ever been on the interstate around 10 p.m.? Okay, you're coming home from Sioux Falls or wherever you're from, coming home, from Sioux Falls, and, and it's about 10 PM. You're going about 75 miles down the, down the road. And it, it, it's one of those dark nights. Not like it's been the past few nights where the moon's been out, but it's been dark. Okay? You're driving, it's pitch black, and, and the only light that you got is your headlights. Can you imagine what would you do if you just decided to turn off your lights, even for one second? If you guys said getting erect, a wreck, you're wrong, because in South Dakota, you could probably get 10 miles before you hit anything. Or North Dakota, actually. But honestly, at at some point, you're going to hit something because you can't see. It's pitch black. It's the same exact way when we live our lives as Christians without a light to see where we need to go. Okay? And so when King Asa here says, seek the Lord, seek Him, and obey His commands and obey His laws, how in the world will we know what His laws and commands are if we don't know His word? We have to know uh, the direction of our life and it's going to come from his word when we're daily in his word he will show us his will the promise in jeremiah 29 13 he promises you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart he doesn't say you might find me if you you know take five minutes or if you take three days he says if you seek me with your whole heart be fully relied on christ this morning trust him that's the whole point of where we're going with this King Asa not only wanted to cut sin out of his life, but he wanted to seek out God's heart and direction for himself and for the entire nation. So eventually, Judah's under attack. We're going to skip ahead a little bit. Okay? Reform's happening. They're seeking God. Things are going good. But eventually, Judah becomes under attack. And King Asa, okay, he, he's been working hard, practicing the basics, cutting sin, encountering God, seeking God. So let's see how he responds when a real issue comes up as he's king, okay? We're going uh, to 2 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 9. Once an Ethiopian named Zerah attacked Judah with an army of a million men and 300 chariots. They advanced to the town of Mereshah, so Asa deployed his armies for battle in the valley north of Mereshah. Then Asa cried out to the Lord his God, O Lord, no one but you can help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord our God, for we trust in you alone. It is for your name that we have come against this vast horde. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let mere men prevail against you. So the Lord defeated the Ethiopians in the presence of Asa and the army of Judah. Who defeated the Ethiopians? The Lord. In the presence of Asa and the army of Judah. And the enemy fled. Asa and his army pursued them as far as Gerar, and so many Ethiopians fell that day and were unable to rally. They were destroyed by the Lord and his army, and the army of Judah carried off a vast amount of plunder. While they were at Gerar, they attacked the towns in that area. The terror from the Lord came upon the people there. As a result, a vast amount of plunder was taken from these towns too. God wants us to rely on him with anything and everything. With the, with the very big things in our life, the, the million men come storming storm in our kingdom, um, I didn't read it, but it was two to one. It, they had 500,000, and this army had a million. And so for every two strong, healthy guys, there was, a, for, yeah, for every two strong, healthy guys from Ethiopia, there was only one um, Israelite to fight. And so they knew, I mean, anybody ever played dodgeball, and, you know, you know, You know, I I played at Trinity, where I went to college, and during dorm nights they would always separate it by just like classes. And so they'd be like freshmen, juniors versus seniors, sophomores or something like that, and we would split. And there was one game where it was like like eight of us versus like 50 or 60 kids. And I'm just like, this is just going to be the worst case scenario. Like we're just going to get pelted by all these balls. It's not going to be fun. And can you imagine if those people were holding swords or guns in their hands coming against you to actually end your life? I mean, it was a, it was a big deal that, that, uh, that King Asa went to God and said, I need your help. I need you to come through for me. And you know what? God isn't some genie that we just rub and say, poof, you know, take care of my enemies. I mean, God can do that, and he has done that in, in cases. But he's not a God that we just call on uh, just for favors, king asa was busy practicing the basics before he ever called on god okay and so when we're pursuing the things of god we get focused on what really matters king asa back back when when life was good you know remember how we read um, uh, during the time of peace he built up the walls of defense i mean okay on saturday morning who wants to go to work no one king asa did because he said, you know what, let's get busy. Let's get our defenses built. Let's get busy after the things of God. So Christian living, uh, Christian living is difficult, not easy. But God wants us to keep working hard, avoiding sin, and pursuing his heart. That's the whole point. So work hard, stay working hard, and, and let's, let's get busy in the trenches. So that leads me right into my second point. second point is called stay in the trenches. Okay? When people are getting ready for war, they, uh, you know, they, they carve out these trenches or ditches around their base, okay? And they're used for a bunch of different things, like transferring ammunition or letting the medics pass through or whatever. But they need trenches um, to be able to, to, to be in war. The idea for us, though, staying in the trenches is when we have successfully practiced the basics, okay? If you're staying in the trenches, it means that you, have, you are uh, avoiding sin and you are seeking God's will And so you've done those things, and that tomorrow you're going to continue doing those things. That's what it means to stay in the trenches. Okay, King Asa worked the trenches. This was his life. The Spirit of God, uh, after the war, Spirit of God came upon a man uh, named Azariah, and he began encouraging Asa and all the men to continue relying on God, continue seeking Him, and that God, if they did that, that God would remain faithful to them back a relationship I mean God's relationship is not like unjust it's not mean it's not impractical it's such a practical relationship if we love God man he's just going to come alongside of us and you know what even when we were sinners he died for us and so it's even even though uh you know even in the midst of of feeling like God is distant and far no he he came years ago thousand couple thousand years ago and he he, he put a down payment for us today 2014 okay so for the christians in the room remember god loves us he's after our hearts but we have to be we have to show him that we're after him and so uh so king asa getting back on track king asa he he was really encouraged by this message he's like man we're gonna you know we're gonna we're gonna pursue god even more let's pursue him even harder let's let's Cut out more things of our life. Let's cut out more idols. And so that's what the Bible says. He went into different areas and cut out more, more stuff. He, he sought God even more. Um, in chapter 15, verse 12, 2 Chronicles, it says, uh, after the war, after he'd already been seeking him, after um, he'd been avoiding evil, in, in the next chapter he says, then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, with all their heart and soul. They'd already been doing this. But they wanted to go deeper, dig deeper in the trenches. See, Asa's in the trenches, faithful with the little things, and he's relied on God for war. But now, he's even making newer and bigger commitments to God. And some of us, we can relate to Asa. You know, God, God speaks to us through his word. Like, some, some of us are so faithful in the word. Uh, you know, my mom's always, my mom and dad always praying uh, in the spirit, praying for us that we grow um, to know as kids, to know God, encounter God more. And so, you know, uh, some sometimes we're going to go through those times. We're going to have good good moments of you know really encountering God, and He's going to speak to us. But we can't rely on those mountaintop experiences. We can't just um, you know uh, say, well, that happened once, so I can just continue living my life in that moment. We have to re-encounter God daily. And so when we are going through those good times and, and having, you know, knowing God and, and, and all this stuff, we're, we're doing good. So let's say in three years from now, okay, spiritually, where we're gonna be at, okay, we're doing pretty good. But what happens when 15 years pass? What happens when just a few days later after camp happens? You know, or after youth convention? What happens just, you know, we come to a prayer meeting and we really seek God. Last Sunday, there was a couple messages given. Um, Uh, you know, uh, prepare your hearts was one of them. Prepare your hearts. Are you ready for God's coming? That's one theme. The next theme was, you know, listen to the children. The children, God wants to use us or use them to speak to the adults about direction and guidance. Right then, uh, one of a child actually did come up and give us direction, uh, evangelizing. Don't, don't become the enemy of truth just being silent and not sharing our faith with others. So, okay, we got that message. Okay, Lord, thank you for speaking to us. That's what we pray for. So, in the last week, how many of us went out and shared our faith? That's what I'm saying. You know, and, and, I, and I'm, oh my goodness, I'm so guilty myself. That's why, you know, if, if I had to wait until I had everything that I preached mastered, I'd never preach to you, <laughs> because I have more issues probably than all of you combined that's probably why Paul says you know I'm the the chief of sinners because he realized man I got so many issues that God is working on me and so sometimes we get lazy that's what I'm saying sometimes we get lazy in our walk for God and you know we want to break from the trenches we want to break from holy living we want to break from you know seeking God's plan because you know what fasting is not fun you know Cutting our Netflix time down to one hour instead of two hours is not fun. You know, you know, logging out of Facebook for a week to say, Lord, I want your direction in my life is not fun. It's not easy to, to, to seek God, but we have to stay in the trenches, okay? And we're going to get to the reason why, why it's so important. You know, it's difficult to stay in the trenches of godly living, especially when we've been doing it for years. Because some of us have been, we, this is probably their home church. You know, some of us have grown up in the church. We know God. We've known God for, for years. Some of us, not so much, but, but we're growing now. King Asa loved God. He stayed in the trenches. He, he encountered God. He knew him. Uh, he sought God, in, and I'm bragging on Asa, and it's, it's apparent because that's what he did. This is him. Fifteen years pass, okay? He's still king. There's, remember, there's peace in the land and he's, a little, he's starting to become a little bit tired of Christian living, all right? So let's read his account, Second Chronicles 15, 1-5. This is the second war that happened. In the 36th year of Asa's reign, King Baasha of Israel invaded Judah and fortified Ramah in order to prevent anyone from entering or leaving King Asa's territory in Judah. This is how sometimes ancient um, battles would happen. So they would just come uh, they would come to your, basically your little fortress and surround you and just wait for you to like starve you out basically. And so that's, you know, whoever has the bigger army, they just, they wait a out and just, you know, take over. King Beisha is king of Israel. King Basha is wicked, wicked king. Um, I think he actually murdered the previous king and became the king of Israel. So, um, so that's kind of the, the story here. Israel and Judah are like brother and sister, but Israel is totally off the deep end. Um, Asa responded, King Asa, okay, after he sees all these, the the army of Israel, sees them, Asa responded by removing the silver and gold from the treasuries of the temple of the Lord and the royal palace. He sent it to King Ben-Hadid of Aram, who was ruling in Damascus, along with this message. Let there be a treaty between you and me, like the one between your father and my father. See, I'm sending you silver and gold, break your treaty with... King Baisha of Israel, so that he will leave me alone. Ben-Hadid agreed to King Asa's request and sent the commanders of his army to attack the towns of Israel. They conquered the towns of Aijin, Dan, Abel, Beth and all the store cities in Naphtali. As soon as Baisha of Israel heard what was happening, he abandoned his project of fortifying Ramah and stopped all the work on it. So the plan worked. I mean, really, it did, Uh, you know... He, they, um, King Asa basically paid off the enemy to just please back off. Okay, this is what. This, so when they're coming back, Second Chronicles sixteen seven. At that time, Hanani the seer came to King Asa and told him. Basically, the prophet came to King Asa and told him, because you have trusted in the king of Aram instead of in the Lord your God, you have missed your chance to destroy the the army of of Aram or the army of the king of Aram. See, King Asa here messed up, okay? He messed up big time when he sought out his own will. How can I take care of this uh, instead, of, in, instead of God? How can, I, how can I rely on my own thoughts on how I can deal with this instead of God? See, God wanted to help Asa right then and there. God was ready. I mean, can you imagine 15 years uh god god miraculously showed a sign to king asa and now 15 years later king asa's like you know what uh i got enough money i'll actually i'll take care of this one god wants us to rely on him when we go through these types of issues you know god wants us to call on him first for help you know a credit card today can get you almost anything that you need that's tangible you know uh TV can be one of the best ways to just zone out after a long 8-hour, 10-hour, 12-hour shift at work. You know, uh, shopping. For some people, shopping can help distract you uh, from, from an argument that needs to be dealt with. You know, I'm not saying that credit cards, TV, and shopping sin. Don't, don't try to highlight that. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is when we rely on them to fix our issues, that's when they become idols in our lives. That's when we begin to rely on, on, on things instead of God. So credit cards, TV, shopping, again, not sin. However, rely on God first. King Asa could have got, you know, could, could uh, he, he stayed in the trenches for a while, but after a while he, he, he messed up and, and he, he, didn't, he didn't trust God. He didn't stay committed, and, and that's my third point. We've got to stay committed if we're going to walk in, in a relationship with God. In Second Chronicles 16.9, it says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. If there's, any, if there's any verse to remember, this would be the one. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. God wants you to be fully committed with your finances. Uh, He wants you to be be fully committed with your relationships. And and he wants you to be fully committed in your pursuit for knowing him more. He doesn't want half-heartedness. He wants total, full commitment. King Asa was not fully committed to God when he was rebuked. Just a little bit later on in chapter 16, verse 10. The seer tells him, you know, uh, you should have basically, uh, you should have trusted on God. You shouldn't have, you shouldn't have relied on your own self and, and, and the, the king of Aram. You should have relied on God. And because of that, it says that Asa became so angry with Hanani for saying this, that he threw him into prison and put him in stocks. At that time, Asa also began to oppress some of the people. And then in verse 12, in the 39th year of his reign, Asa developed a serious foot disease, yet even with the severity of his disease, he did not seek the Lord's help, but turned only to physicians. See, we were learning about in Sunday school this morning that we uh, are, we're called to, per- we God asks us to be perfect. He wants us to strive to be perfect. Now, you can, you can, take apart this however you want, but when we get to heaven, we are going to be made perfect because we're going to have, by that time, God's going to give us a new glorified body, going to give us a new glorified everything. And so even the element of sin is going to be removed. So there will be no, there won't be any option for sin. We will be there. We'll be sealed. Um, But we're supposed to keep growing. We're supposed to keep making an effort. Now, some of us are going to get home or some of you guys are probably going to sin even now and say, man, when is this sermon going to get over? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But some, of, but some of us are going to sin. We're going to mess up. And, and I pray that none of us do, but some of us probably will. Now, there are only really two options that, we, that happen if we do mess up, if we do sin. Okay? Because, again, we, we most likely are going to mess up at some point along the way, even if we get frustrated with our spouse. You know, if we get frustrated with, with work, frustrated, and, and we just let it all out and just really ream into someone with our words. There's only two options. Either one, we grow bitter at God um, because, because, you know, he's, he's called us out. His word is calling us out. Or two, we get, or, and, and part of one is, or we get, um, you know, bitter at the person who's calling us out, someone in the church, Cause, because that's, you know, what we're supposed to do. You know, when I'm messing up, you guys are responsible to come to me and say, you know, John, you're really like, you're, you know, you're, you're preaching the word, but you're not really living it in this one area. It doesn't mean you put it on the the screen behind me. It doesn't mean that you shout it and gossip behind my back. But you, if you have a problem, come and speak to me because you know what? I need it out of my life. If it's sin, I need it gone because it's just going to hold me back from God. And so that's what we're supposed to do. We either, we either... Uh, when, we, when we mess up, we're either going to grow bitter at God or grow bitter at the person who called us out in sin. Or the second option is we humble ourselves and we receive discipline with a good, good and thankful attitude. Now why is it important? Why would a thankful attitude be important, do you suppose? A thankful attitude is, is important because the Bible tells us that God only disciplines those he loves. And so if God is still disciplining us, that means he's still loving us. <laughs> and so if, if you're not thankful for his love, um, if you're not thankful for his love, then I, I don't know what we're doing here. We, we have to be thankful for what he did. I mean, that's the greatest gift, the greatest uh, motivation, that's the greatest adrenaline you can ever get is knowing that Christ has wiped our debts and we can have an encounter and, and know Christ more. But we have to stay committed. We can't grow easily just tired, and, and no wonder why we have to throw off all the sin that so easily entangles us. Because, you know, we come to church, we go to a prayer meeting, and, and we love it. God is speaking to us. But as time goes on, it's just it's hard to stay, to keep that momentum, to, to keep living up here instead of coming back down into the valley. King Asa had a mountaintop experience with God fifteen years prior. Okay, he, he knew God. He was busy in the trenches, working hard, cutting that sin out of his life. This guy was a man for cutting sin out of his life. I mean, think about it. The entire nation was in in was just sinful, and and you know, and he just jumps in office and says that'd be it, it's almost it's almost kind of similar to the United States. What if what if the next president got into office and he says, you know what, everyone's going to worship God if you don't get out. <laughs> because that's what he said. That's what the law was. If, if you're not seeking God, you were, you're going to be in prison or, and you're going to end your life. That's it. So King Asa made a risky move saying, you know what? The entire nation seeking God, cutting things out. This is what he did. He cut all that stuff. He had experiences with God. Remember that the, the first prophet coming out and encouraging him, you know, if you remain faithful to God, he's going to remain faithful to you. That's a word for you, King. That's a word for you. If you just keep trusting him, you can rely on him 10 out of 10 times. He's busy in the trenches, cutting out more sin, making newer commitments. But along the way, he he failed to stay committed. He failed to to keep after God. He let his pride get in the way of his relationship with God. You know what it says in the Bible about that? God resists those who are proud, and He He shows favor to the humble. You know, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be proud because I don't want God to ever resist me, to p- oppose me, to push me away because of my pride. You know, there was a there was a time in my life where I had pride when I was living in sin, and I didn't want anyone to know. I lied to my parents, I lied to my friends, I lied to the church. I'd have encounters with God at the altar, but I would I'd just go home and I would I would go and do addictions that I once loved, I would go and lie about the addictions, I would go and just whatever I could, that's what I did. But there was a real point in my life where I had to make a commitment to God. I said, you know what, if I keep doing this, I'm making a commitment to the world's, the, the pleasures of the world. You don't have, you, you don't have to be deep in addictions, deep in drugs, deep in alcohol, and all that. You don't have to be deep into that to be uh, opposed by God to be resisted by God all you have to have in your heart is pride pride to say Lord I just need more of you I just want to hear your voice again I want to encounter you again when I get when I do devotions in the morning uh, every morning I try to get on my knees and I say Lord speak to me through your word because let me tell you something if there's anything if there's anything that you remember the time that Heather and I are here if you could remember just a little nugget, remember this one line, the most important thing that you'll ever do in your life today is read his word and do what it says. Because if you do that, you'll always know where you're going in life. You'll always have direction in your life. And and, and some of us, uh, we, we read his word, but then we don't do what it says. And, and some of us hear his word, and then we don't do what it says. If we read his word and do what it says, you will have completed God's will for today. Read his word and do what it says. You know, I want to encourage you, stay committed because the the Bible promises this. God promises this. It says the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. It's exactly what Allison was talking about this morning. Is your heart fully committed to him this morning? Fully committed, not partially, not, you know, you know, there's going to be a time when you're, when you're in life and you're like, you know what, I've, I've trusted God with, you know, I've been doing pretty good. I mean, I tithe, I, 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 I do all these things for God, but then, you know, oh, I still do my devotions, but, but you know what, I, and, I, and I still give to, to missions, I just don't tithe anymore. Or, you know what, I, 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 I still go to fasting and prayer, but you know what, I can still watch that rated R movie because, I mean, his blood covers that, Right? We've already established that it doesn't. Justifying sin in our life is, is the, the, the best method that Satan loves to keep us away from God, is when we justify it. Because we think that the blood covers it. That when we say, it's okay if it's in my life. That's what Satan loves. It doesn't mean that if you have justified sin, you'll never be able to come back. That's not what it means. I mean, and if you ha- I mean we all have. If you've ever sinned, you've justified the reason why you messed up. It just means that if you stay there, if you want to stay there, and, and I'm not talking about in, in the, for the, you know, if you take your entire life, 75 years, you know, or 85 years or a good long life, whatever, even 100 years, if you take 65 of those years and you're following God, and then the 35 years you're doing your own thing, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about right now, today, because King Asa waited 15 years and he started to drift. He started saying, you know what? This battle, I think I got it. I can do it myself. And you know what? God doesn't mind if we're busy, if we're staying active and we're trying to, 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 to work out. You know, he doesn't want us to just sit on this, stay at the altar and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. And if, and if we don't hear something from him, then we're supposed to just stay there and wait and wait and wait. And you know what? Sometimes we need to do that. But sometimes he likes when we do get busy and we just take what we already have and we get busy with, with the word. Sometimes he likes that, but but more importantly, he prefers when we just honestly come to him and say, I need your help, I need you to speak to me, I need your guidance, can you help me with the sin in my life? I was just talking to a student this week, you know. I said, well, "Why? Aren't, what's holding you back from being more sold out for Christ? What's holding you back? And they go, you know, I just... I don't know if I'm ready to let go of the sins that I'm doing. Like, I, like I'm, I mean, it's, it's difficult. And, in, 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 and they backed it up by saying, you know, and, and besides, like, once, you know, if I made a commitment, I just don't know if I'll have the strength to get out of it. I just don't know if I could, like, do that. And, I, you know, I shared my testimony with them and, and said, you know, basically you have to make a commitment to God. You know, today is all you have. This is your choice. But then I said, you know, you're never going to have the strength to get out of a sin on your own because sin is spiritual. It's not physical. You can't ever just, I'm, I'm going to choose not to sin ever, ever again, okay? You can't choose that, but God can help you achieve that. And that's the whole point of our Christian life is, is to to encounter God and to throw off sin and, and, and become more like him. You know, you're going to feel, there's going to be times too when, when you feel so far behind the other runners, you know, uh, meeting us. You're, you're, you're running and you're running hard in this marathon of life and you, but then there's going to be times when you feel so far like you're behind the other runners that you, you feel like, you know, your, your spiritual journey, everything else, everything you work for is too far gone. King Asa, in other words, you've, you've been doing good but then you just, uh, you just dropped off. I uh, got behind everyone. God always, 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 takes us back. He always extends forgiveness for those who are humble. He shows favor, he shows grace to those who are humble. He says, you know, I I messed up. King Asa, all he had to do was say, I messed up. How can I prove that? Look at David. A murderer, an adulterer at heart, adulterer, uh, a plot, a liar, and he said, you know what? Samuel, you're right. I messed up. I sinned. And he started weeping and he started praying and he started getting right with God God always extends grace to those who admit their faults and say, Lord, please help me, guide me. Throw off sin and keep pursuing him. He was nailed to the cross. He hung there and shamed. And then in Isaiah it says that his father crushed him and it pleased the father to do so. Why? Because of the song that we sang this morning for all the sons and daughters that he was going to obtain because of his son being crushed under the wrath of God. So will you make a commitment today? Make a commitment to Jesus to live different, to, to get in the trenches and start working hard after him. We can only overcome sin with his help. It's the only way we can do it. Maybe you feel like you're a first place runner and, and you're, you're fit, man. You've been, you've been, sti- you've been in the, the workout room and, and working hard in this life, in your, in your relationship with God. You've pulled ahead, of the other runners, and you're beginning to become a little bit tired of being that first place runner. Because you know what? Even first place runners get tired. They, they, they become exhausted. Moses, David, Joseph, it, Peter. First place runners become exhausted, and they can mess up. But I want to encourage you. You know, Paul the apostle said, I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can throw off any sin because he strengthens me. I can keep running harder, faster than anyone else because he strengthens me. That's not a pride thing. That's I am totally sold out for God and I want to get him. I want to know him. I want to hear his word. And that's what this is all about, is knowing him more. So how can we make it uh, every day working in the trenches? The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. Think about those things. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. We can't make it in the trenches any other way. You cannot keep throwing off sin today, the 7th of December, 2014, without without Him. You can't do it. We can't, do it unless we are fully committed to him because then he strengthens us that's what the word tells us and 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 we can't keep we can't throw off sin and we can't keep seeking him it's hard to get on your knees it's difficult the flesh the flesh hates it but the spirit is willing and so so the only way we're going to do it is if he strengthens us we have to be fully committed to him so in closing. You know, if you guys actually would just bow your heads, I want to I wanna just take a, a couple minutes and just be real with you, ask you guys, you know, maybe you've never met, I, I just asked the students this, maybe you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. You, you've been hearing about me talk about trusting in God and relying on Christ, and frankly, you're like, well, I don't even know what you're talking about. Christ lived 2,000 years ago, and he died a sinner's death so that we wouldn't have to. The Bible says that for the wages of sin is death. In other words, when we mess up, when we sin, we earn spiritual death. That's what sends us to hell. Not knowing Christ, having sin in our life, sends us to hell. Christ never, ever, 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 ever wanted us to go there. Never, ever, ever wanted us to to even have the option of being there. But he, he says that he loved us so much that he gave Jesus, his son, to die on a cross so that we wouldn't have to. Jesus is extending his mercy to us today. Everyone in this room, he's extending his mercy to us this morning. If you have never accepted Christ and would like forgiveness of all your sins, never to be remembered ever again, it's not for me, this is for God, between you and God. If you've never accepted Christ, I just invite you to raise your hand so that I can see it. And I want to pray for you. I'm not going to do anything crazy. Crazy. Maybe you're, you know, the Christian who, you know, who encountered God, but has been, you know, has been, he's been real in your life, but, but you messed, you messed up along the way, and you've been kind of almost living in that defeat. God wants to pull you out of that. God wanted to pull King Asa out of that. God pulled King David out of that. He wanted to pull, he wants to pull us out of that this morning. If you, if you want freedom from that, from that issue, an addiction, a struggle, whatever it is, I want you to lift your hand to God. Make a commitment to Him to say, you know what, I want to stay committed. I want to be all in. I want to stay in the trenches. Thank you for your honesty. Is there anyone else that wants to make that commitment to God? I've been messing up and I, I've just been messing around justifying sin in my life. And I realize today the sacrifice won't cover that your honesty if you're still working hard you've been faithful in the world or faithful in the word just reading reading this word staying active in the church doing all sorts of things that have eternal purpose If, if if you've been doing that but you know what you're just becoming discouraged because it seems like no one else is running this race with you i want you to slip up your hand Slipping up your hand for me uh, means nothing. It's just a way of for you to show God that you're serious about what we've been talking about this morning. So I want to pray tonight, or this morning. I'm sorry. I want to pray this morning for you guys that we can become more, more uh, diligent in practicing the basics of life. More that we can stay in the trenches. This, the trenches of, of encountering God, knowing Him more, seeking His plan for our life, and avoiding sin at all costs. And finally, I want to pray that you, when this commitment that you've made—some of you years ago, some of you maybe today—that you can have endurance to keep running this race. <clears throat> Lord, I thank you so much that you are faithful to us, Lord. Lord, that when we mess up, you are still there. You are still with King Asa. You still want it. You wanted to give him grace and forgiveness and help, Lord. But man, pride it just does not tickle your fancy, but it pushes your buttons. Lord, and I just pray, God, that you help us understand, Lord, that if we don't just humble ourselves and say, Lord, I can't do it. I can't live life. I can't keep pursuing you. I can't keep throwing off sin today. Because if if we can't come to that, Lord, please help us, Lord, along the way. Please help us come to that point, Lord, in our lives. So I pray for those, God, who have never accepted Christ this morning, that want to. Maybe they didn't even slip up their hands. Lord, but today you offer salvation to all those who believe that you are the Son of God. It's by faith that we are saved and faith alone. So, Lord, God, I I just thank you, God, for the grace that you give us. I just pray, Lord, that you begin to, to speak to new converts uh, through your word Lord help us to, to, to seek you through your word God to seek you in prayer to seek you in fasting to seek you in the spirit God Lord. to seek you in service Lord Lord I pray for those who have been justifying sin in their lives they have they, they know what they're doing is wrong but but they recognize Lord, they 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 want they want to get it out of their lives. Lord, the things in my life right now, God, that you know that I know aren't good. Lord, give me grace to continually say no. I can't say no to them unless Your strength empowers me, God. I pray for commitment, God, for those who have stayed faithful to You, God. Lord, I pray that more brothers and sisters will run the race, bear each other's arms, bear each other's burdens, God, and and, and carry each other, Lord. When we get when we get tired and weary, Lord. I thank you for this church, God, and the people in it. Lord, I pray that we all learn, God, that you want us to rely on you. That's what this is all about. You want us to rely on you. God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for this time that we can come together. If, if some of you guys want to come to the altar, know you guys that raised your hands, feel free to. I want to pray with you. Um, if you have to go, uh, feel free to go. But if you, if you do, please please um, be quiet for those who want to stay even in the pews. And just pray. Make a commitment. I do encourage you, don't leave until you've made that commitment. Because okay? God loves us enough to let us leave without making a commitment. But more than anything, he doesn't want you to just hear the word. He wants you to apply it. So make a commitment to him in your heart before you go. And just say, Lord... I want to seek your will. I want this sin in my life to be gone. I need your help. Seek God. Seek him. Make that commitment.